it's not something I particularly enjoy, is what I mean. Mm, okay. I know how to do it. Like it's yeah, not I know. <laughs> I know what to do. It's just I don't like to do it. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel. I'm Jake. And we're, we're so bored. bored. The podcast where each episode we take a close look at a tabletop game and discuss our personal experiences with said game to help answer the question, will this cure our boredom? Yep, that's right. We look at the mechanics, complexity, and replayability in a game to determine if it's the perfect alternative to, well, I don't know, let's say waiting at the airport for your flight only to have it delayed by an hour then have the terminal moved, then sitting on your three-hour flight. Then three hours after you land, you drive 22 hours, basically nonstop, only to be right back where you started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh, and then work, and then work, and then work, and then yeah. And here we are. And now we're here, yep. Yep. You were helping your sister move. Yes. Yes, I was. Well, that makes you a good brother. I guess. <laughs> it makes me tired. It does. I mean, you can be both. <laughs> I guess I guess you can. All right, before we start talking about our game of the day, let's talk about streaming. We are kind of back to normal. Yeah. I mean, I've got another announcement that I'm going to make here in a second that might interfere with that. It's going to interfere with us tomorrow, but give me a second. We'll get there. You can find us regularly streaming normally on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash podcast, And that's where we stream board games. And then Jake sometimes streams video games. Yes, I am semi-regularly streaming on Twitch. I'm getting back to that. I've been on kind of a break been busy with you know helping people move and stuff like i mentioned but we're getting back to that we're getting back to a more regular schedule uh you could find me at twitch.tv slash naughty doc 541 that's n-a-u-g-h-t-y-d-o-c 541 we've been doing a lot of slay the spire we've been doing a lot of zelda games we do weird stuff on wednesdays we started a new game called stirring abyss which is like a lovecraftian turn-based combat under the sea it's like a Lovecraft meets 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea turn-based combat game. It's very good. Sounds interesting. I like it. Come check us out. We stream on Wednesdays, and I update my schedule when I can. I'll be honest. I have not been doing a good job of updating our schedule. I think it just says we stream every Wednesday at like 6 p.m. I haven't done a great job. But if you follow us on social media, you know when we're actually streaming. I always announce it. But anyway, the really, really big and exciting announcement that is going to prevent us from streaming tomorrow is we're going to Gen Con this weekend. We are. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Like, I'm so excited. Biggest convention in North America, in the United States. Biggest board gaming convention, I think. Yeah. Gotta be honest. I'm a little concerned, guys. <laughs> Jake and I are both going to be working at booths part-time. 
I'm going to be working for Pandasaurus in the event hall, teaching people how to play the Dinosaur Island RAR and Write game. And I will be at the Steeped Game Studio. And I'm not sure if I'll be helping out with sales or if I'm going to be helping people learn how to play Chai or Chai Tea for Two. Ideally, I would be helping people learn how to play Chai because that game is awesome. Chai Tea for Two is good too, but I actually like Chai better. Yeah? Yeah, I do actually. Did we play Chai Tea for Two? Because I feel like we played it with more than just two people. Yes, we played it with three people because you and I were on a team and then uh, it was during um, that online... The Aw Shucks event. It was, yes, we played it during Aw Shucks, that's right. Yeah. That was a while ago. I can't honestly remember how that game played. It was like you had to create a path to your boat. Anyways, like I said, I like Chai better than Chai T for two. Still good games, both of them. So I will be hopefully teaching people how to play that game. If not, just helping out at the Steep Games booth. Oh, I'm going to be doing my ships in the evening, and you're going to be doing yours in the morning. Yeah. And the rest of the time, I think I've got tickets for Jake and I to play a couple of games together in the afternoons. And then I'm, I think we're both just going to be kind of wandering around and interacting with people and buying stuff. And (laughs) I, I think it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited. That's this weekend for anyone who happens to be in the area, anyone who is attending. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and yeah, you know, we could try and meet up. It would be cool. Yeah, it would be great. We'll all go get drinks. Family friendly drinks. Yeah. <laughs> what game are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Yahtzee. No. Yes. Today we're talking about Lotus. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Okay, I see it now. This is a really cute little card game about like building flowers in a garden this is also the next episode in our short and sweet series i think it would also apply for a new series that we've kind of been playing around with like playing around with the idea of is games that are good for kids yeah it is good for kids like eight probably i would imagine even younger than eight i think the box says eight. the box says eight and up but i think you could probably teach this to a younger child yes i think so very simple very cute. I find it relaxing. Other people have told me that it's cutthroat. I don't know. We'll get into that later. <laughs> I mean, it's both. But yeah, so tell us a little bit about Lotus. So Lotus was designed by Jordan and Mandy Goddard with art by Chris Ostrowski. Uh, this was released and published by Renegade Game Studios in 2016. That's six years old. And so... I think it might not be in print anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but I think you're right. I don't know if this is in print anymore. And full disclosure, we're going to go ahead and open the kimono a little bit, which I hate that phrase, but I'm going to use it because I hate it. Um, <laughs> we try not to do episodes on games that are not in print anymore, or if there's a new version of it, we do it on the newer version of the game, like Mansions of Madness. That's something that we will probably do the new edition of instead of the old edition even though one of us has a special place in their heart (laughs) first edition is amazing man (laughs) it takes three hours to set up the game and then it takes 18 (laughs) hours to play the game (laughs) that seems like only a slight exaggeration (laughs) i mean not really 
So we try not to do episodes on these games because I don't want to do an episode on a game that somebody's like, oh, wow, I want to play this game. And then they can't. So I hope that this game is not out of print and that it's just not being printed currently or they're they're getting ready to make more or something. I hope that is the case. However, I don't think it's in print anymore. Yeah. So you can still find copies of it out there. It is out there on eBay and stuff. So it's not like completely impossible to find. That's why we are doing an episode on it still. But right. sorry. Sorry if a bunch of people get like really excited for this game and then there's not enough copies on eBay. I hope that's not the case. Anyways, let's start with the rules and setup. The goal of this game is to get the most points by completing flowers in the garden and having control over those flowers. So this is a card game. Each card is a petal, a single petal to a specific flower. And I think there are six or seven different flowers that you can build in the game. Uh, It starts at three and it goes to seven. So it's five. So there's five different flowers in the game that you can build. Each card that you will get is an individual petal of one of those five flowers. Each player has their own deck with control stamps on them. And the control stamp is a mechanic in the game that, as we said earlier, you want to have control over these flowers. The control stamp is a way to add to this flower and complete this flower and add control or adding your control to it so that you can actually score it for yourself. There is one deck of cards that is neutral with four face-up cards at all times. During the draw phase, you can choose to either draw from your own deck or the neutral deck. Everyone starts with their hand limit of four cards, and to start your turn or to play the game, you cards are played at the center of the table or in the garden where everyone can contribute to building a flower. So if on my turn I decide I want to start a new flower, I put down the petal, and that's one of my actions. So a couple other rules that I forgot to write down here. You can only have one of each type of flower going at a time. So if somebody else has already started the white flower, you can't go and like create a new white flower of that same type. You have to contribute your petals to the existing white flower until that one is completed. All right. So the actual little player tokens in this is super cute. You are different kinds of bugs. So you have little meeples. For each of these, you could be a red ladybug, a blue dragonfly, a yellow butterfly, or a green caterpillar. And you will start out with two of those little tokens at the beginning of the game um, with the ability to gain a third one later with the special powers that you can get. Your actions that you can do when playing the game. So, you know, you basically all you've got is your you've got your four cards in your hand that you start with. And you've got your little meeples. So with that, you can perform two of the following actions. You can play cards, which allows you to play one or two petals to a single flower. You can exchange cards, which allows you to place those at the bottom of your deck and then redraw up to your hand limit. You can move your guardian. So that's your little meeple. And you can place that on an existing flower. You can move it from an existing flower to another flower. You could remove it completely if you wanted to. I don't know why you'd do that. But that acts as a like control stamp on that flower. And when the flower is completed, it adds like control points in determining who actually controls that flower. So you can do 
two of those actions. You could do the same action twice, but you get two of them. And then when you're done with your two actions, you draw back up to your hand limit, choosing to either draw from your personal deck or from the neutral cards that are available. You can do a mix and match. Just draw back up to your hand limit at that point. So the person who placed the last petal to complete the flower actually collects all the cards of that flower. So those cards are either three, four, five, six, or seven, depending on the flower that's completed. The person with the most control on the flower, however, gains a special power or a scoring token worth five victory points. It's up to them. That's their choice. And the special powers are three different things. We have one It's called the Elder Guardian. That's the other meeple that Rachel mentioned earlier. This is a special like silver meeple of your same either ladybug, dragonfly, butterfly, or caterpillar, depending on what you've chosen. And instead of adding one control, it actually adds two to the flower that you place this on. The next special power is Enlightened Path. This allows you to have a hand limit of five cards instead of four now, which is useful. And the infinite growth is the final power. This allows you to place three petals. Three plus. That's what's in the rule book. So wait, you could just play more than three? As long as it's all towards the same flower. For a single action? Mm-hmm. So we have not been playing that. Correct. <laughs> we have not been playing it that way. <laughs> okay, so the infinite growth. We all learned something new here today. Allows you to play three or more petals to a single flower for a single action. Keeping in mind that each player has two actions per turn. Now, the game is played this way until someone's personal deck runs out. And then everyone gets one more turn. And that's the end of the game. Pretty simple little game. Mm -hmm. So uh, at the end, you just score by... Counting the number of cards that you have collected from completing flowers, each of those is worth one point. And then you have the little scoring tokens that you may have collected from having control of the flower that each give you five points. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Person with the most points wins. Moving into our experiences, I feel like this is a super chill game. And maybe part of that is because of just like, the way I felt when I saw the box initially, the box art is beautiful. It's, you know, this woman with these flower petals, and it's just very elegant, very pretty. And so it, it kind of just instilled this, I don't know, zen. Yeah, it's exactly the word I was going to use. Yeah, it kind of just instilled this zen idea in me that that's what this game is. And so I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm just building flowers and it's all good and we're chilling and <laughs> it's it's great. And then I posted that on Facebook and someone was like, you're crazy. I, <laughs> this is not a relaxing game. This is like a cutthroat. You're competing with everybody over trying to get the control or, or be that person that completes the flower or whatever. And like. It's very high stakes. And it's, I find it really funny that we're playing the same game. We're playing by the same rules, just different perspectives, kind of based on how you play, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I can understand why people would feel that this is more cutthroat than we feel, because I don't feel that it is super cutthroat. I do feel like this is a game that's pretty zen, little relaxing, simple game, very quick to play. 
about 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You could be super cutthroat, but I don't want to in this one for some reason. I feel like we have a little bit of a thicker skin when it comes to like take that kind of mechanisms, you know, like brew. Some people would be really not interested in brew because you can do all these things to like try and screw over your opponent. And that's just like a turnoff mechanic for some people. So, you know, if you feel that way about, you know, take that, which, you know, is just like, oh, I'm going to do this just to get back at you. This might not be the game for you. I feel like we are okay with it. And I don't know, I, I honestly find it kind of fun to screw with people. And I know that other people are going to screw with me. And it's just the way it is. So I don't know, it's okay with me. I don't typically like to take that kind of thing. You know, we've talked about this many times on the podcast. I like cooperation. I like feeling like we work together on something. So the take that mechanic is something that I kind of struggle with. Is it? It's not something I particularly enjoy is what I mean. Mm, okay. I know how to do it. Like, it's yeah, not I know. <laughs> I know what to do. It's just I don't like to do it. Okay. You know, <laughs> but you do still do it. If I have to to win, sure. <laughs> but no, I do like this game. It's very relaxing. It's very chill. This kind of reminds me a little bit of. I know it's very, very different mechanics and gameplay, but it reminds me of the game Equinox. Mm, how so? Another Zen game, pretty relaxed, pretty chill, but also has that take that mechanic. Okay. Right? Yeah. We will talk about Equinox someday. We have done it on stream already, so. We have. Although I don't think anyone was watching at that point in time. I don't think so, but they missed out because it's a great game. Uh, Reinhardt Knizia game. Not Reinhardt. Is it not? Reiner. Oh, Reinhardt's from Overwatch. <laughs> Reiner Knizia. Reinhardt's my, my tank in Overwatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't judge me <laughs> okay do you have anything else to say about our experiences yeah i do have something else to say i always choose the ladybug because the ladybug always reminds me of big mouth don't ask i mean if you've not seen big mouth kids it's not for you but there's a ladybug character and it reminds me of that so i always choose the ladybug because i like it mm-hmm. i think i usually choose the dragonfly so let's talk about add-ons and expansions. The only expansion or add-on I could find was the actual, it's something kind of cool, actually. It's a love me not token. This is actually another earnable power that allows you to spend an action point to remove a petal from an unfinished flower, mm. which I thought was very interesting. Also, it's a cool name for, you know, the power. Yeah. That, Adds, I feel like, a significant amount more of the take that mechanic. Yes. So I don't know if, like, current copies of the game come with that automatically, or, you know, the copy that we have doesn't have that. That might also be influencing our perspective on whether or not this is a relaxing game. Yeah, I think you may be right. But that's the only expansion I could really find, or the only add-on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's cool. I like it. That's a good mechanic to add. I wonder how much that cost. 
that seems like a very simple thing. I mean, that's something that you could make with a piece of paper and a yeah. pen. <laughs> I can't justify spending more than $5 on that, probably. Yeah. Okay, so the ratings on Board Game Geek are uh, a little low, I guess. We've got 6.7. This is one of the lower games we've rated so far. Uh-huh. And that's only out of 2,800 ratings. So it seems like this game did not get a ton of exposure that might be leading to what we think is it being out of print. And the rating I can understand because it is a very lightweight game. It's definitely meant for kids or, you know, it's meant to be a very, like, I don't want to say laid back, but like, it's a very casual experience. Yeah. Casual. Casual. I'm not saying that like it's derogatory, but no, I am. People tend to rate things like that are overly casual. They tend to rate it lower. They do. I think the people who use Board Game Geek and go and rate these things are going to tend to rate it lower. And I honestly, I'm going to step on my soapbox here for a second. I don't feel like this is only in the board game community, though. For example, if you have played video games in the last 10 or so years, you've probably heard of the Dark Souls series, or the Soulsborne, or Bloodborne, or Sekiro, or Elden Ring is the newest one. These are not casual games. These games are very, very difficult. But they're so highly rated because they're for the hardcore gamer. People love them. And I think that that sort of applies to lots of different hobbies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't really like that example. I wouldn't say that I'm a, well, I'm a filthy casual gamer. Just because I don't like those games doesn't mean that. I I think there are plenty of other things that you can do. Like you can be a hardcore raider in Final Fantasy fourteen. And still, like, you're not a casual gamer. Okay, look, Krista and Matt are not casual gamers, okay? No, but they've beaten Sekiro. You know what? Never mind. I guess I'm just a filthy casual. <laughs> filthy, filthy casual. Get good. I, I don't like those games. They're too hard. They make me mad. I throw, this, I throw stuff. It's true. I've seen it. <laughs> but anyway... The other thing that I wanted to mention, going back to this potentially being out of print, it's currently available on Amazon, at least in the US, but it says there's only two copies available and it's selling for $55. There is no reason for this game to cost that much. There is no component in this game to justify that price. That being said, I did do a little bit of research and some digging and I found on walmart's website it is not in stock keep that in mind you cannot go to walmart.com and purchase it but it is still listed on their website for 30 dollars. much more reasonable yes true I, that's about what i was expecting like 25 30 dollars is yeah. what i expect for this game and on ebay i saw several postings for about 25 dollars, and that may be used or not but I actually managed to pick up this game at one of our local conventions where people were just coming and selling their old games. And I got it for like 10 bucks and the components are damaged. Like you can tell it looks like a child was like really hardcore scribbling on like a piece of paper over top of these cards. So like 
cards don't have like scribble marks on them, but they have like the indents from somebody scribbling. Yeah. But like, I don't know, that doesn't ruin my experience of the game. I paid $10 for it, so I can't, I can't yeah. complain too much. Honestly, I think we've played this game together, what, five, six, seven times? Yeah, something like that. I didn't even notice it. Yeah? No, didn't even notice the damage. Okay. It obviously didn't affect my gameplay experience. Yeah. You can take all that into consideration, and hopefully you can find it somewhere for uh, cheaper. There is actually a digital version available of this game. It is produced by Direwolf Digital, which I'm starting to think they're really awesome because they've made Root and a bunch of other like digital versions of board games. But it's available on the like Apple Play Store or the Google Play Store or whatever for $4.99. Oh, see, that's totally worth it. Yeah. So you can do solo or multiplayer on there. And it actually looks like super pretty. Just looking at the screenshots, it looks like this would be a very fun and just aesthetically pleasing game to play on your phone. Oh, I definitely think it'd be a good game to play on your phone. Also, Slay the Spire is a good game to play on your phone. Anyways, so we're going to go and talk about our rating system now. And we're going to give this game some of our own personal ratings. First one is easy versus difficult. How easy is it to understand the rules and the mechanics of this game? How easy is it for a new player to pick up, take their turn? Do you have to constantly look things up in the rule book? I think this is one of the easier games we've ever gone over. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what other easy games we've done, like Splendor or Machikoro are definitely more difficult than this. Yes. I don't know. The rule book is like four pages but it's not a full size you know it's like it could be one sheet of paper it probably could be okay we did mess up one of the rules where we didn't know that the infinite growth we did not realize that that lets you do three plus petals we thought it was three and so because of that because we had one misunderstanding i'm going to give this a two instead of a one on the difficulty scale yeah i agree i think i'm going to give it a two because of that And then also there are some little things like how many can I do to begin with? Like you got to remember you don't have your powers yet and the powers will change the game a little bit, but everything is very plain English written very concisely. There's not much to get confused with here. Yeah. So I agree. I think a two is probably appropriate. Okay. Simple versus complex. This is our next rating system. If that term is confusing or if you don't understand why that's different than easy versus difficult, simple versus complex is more about the strategy that goes into the game. The example we like to use is chess. Chess is a simple game in that it only has so many rules, so many pieces. Each piece like always moves the same, but it's an incredibly complex game because of all the strategy and different techniques that you can bring into it. As far as complexity, this game is also very, very simple. I guess you could say that there's kind of two different strategies. One where you're just going for completing flowers and one where you're going for having control of the flowers. But realistically, you're going to have a mix of both. I don't know how you do just one of those. I think it would be easier to just complete instead of control. Control is a little more cutthroat. Complete is like... Well, you don't rely on anybody for completing it, but you. 
just wait for opportunities. But I, I think that I would probably give this a two, maybe a three on the complexity at most. Yeah, I'm going to go with a two, I think. And then we have rote versus random. So this is just the level of randomness that is in the game. You know, what kind of mechanics do they have that make it a unique experience? It's a card game. It's shuffled. And the various, you know, components of the cards are these, like, five different types of flowers. And then on the five different types of flowers, you may have one or two of your, like, bug stamps on there if it's coming from your personal deck. And so you could have, you know, just a little bit of randomization of that, of whether it's one or two stamps. And then it's one of five flowers. At its core, that is very, it's very random because all you're doing is shuffling cards. But at the same time, it doesn't feel so random that like, I don't know, it's out of control. It's all based on luck or, you know, I'm not leaning towards this being a super random game, I guess. It's just how card games are. Yeah, no, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to give it all twos across the board. (laughs) I think I am going to give it a three. Three. Oh yeah? I'll give it a three on the randomness. Just because they are shuffled. Okay. But that's it. That's Lotus. I mean that's pretty pretty quick. It's a definitely short and sweet episode for a short and sweet game. Yes. So Jake, it's time to answer the question. Oh man. Would you rather play this game than uh waiting in the airport? just to have your flight delayed by an hour and then move terminals and then you take a three-hour flight and then three hours later you get in the car and you drive non-stop for like 22 hours just to get back to where you started so in the amount of time it took me to do all this if we're saying that this game can be played in 20 minutes i could have played this game 60 times that's a lot yeah <laughs> yeah so i i would much rather do that Yeah. 60 times, everyone. 60. I feel like no matter how great of a game it is, after the 60th play, like I'm probably tired of it. I probably need to try something else. You've never beaten Bloodborne then. Or Dark Souls. You've beaten it 60 times? No, not 60, but I've beaten it many times. Okay. And it's always good. I feel like that's a different situation, but okay. Yes. But that's it. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sobored Podcast. That's S-O-B-O-A-R-D Podcast. We'd love to hear about any fun house rules or experiences if you've had any playing this game. You'll also be able to find pictures and short stories of other games that we've played recently and interact with us about all things tabletop gaming. You can also email us at wearesobored at gmail.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-S-O-B-O-A-R-D at gmail. And make sure you subscribe so you can get notifications when we release our new episodes. And please, if you would be so kind to leave us a rating, which you can now do on Spotify, that really helps us out to be seen. And it also helps other people who might be interested in our hobby, your hobby, to find something to, you know, listen to about the hobby. And tell a friend. I mean, yes, word of mouth is amazing, too. Tell all your friends about this podcast. Yeah, tell your board game friends about this. Because they're looking for new board games. You know it. Everyone's bored. You're bored of your board games. 
You need some new ones. Especially if we've done an episode on one that you're trying to get them to play. Right? Like, you send them this, we explain the rules, we tell you how fun it is. Yeah. Bam, it's done. Deal sealed. And of course, we can't forget the shout-outs for the people who knew what game we were going to be reviewing this week based on the picture we posted last week. Most of you actually thought that it was a game called Kabuto Sumo, which I hadn't heard of, but I looked up. And while, yes, uh, they do have ladybug meeples, theirs have a little more design than the one that I posted. So congrats to Fotis Sevastakis, Anne Reynolds, and Nicole Chambers. Awesome job, guys. Also would like to thank our podcast editors at ANT Podcast Management. Thank you guys for editing this episode. I know we are difficult. They are professional podcast editors and can be found at ant-podcastmanagement.com. So go check them out if you have a podcast of your own. We also want to thank the designer of our art, Mitchell Mims. He is accepting commissions, so you can go and check him out on Instagram at M-I-M-S-C-O-S-A-R-A or on his website at M-I-C-H. E-L-M-I-M-S dot C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Yes, once again, we are streaming on Twitch and we're getting back to a normal every Wednesday schedule. You can find us at twitch.tv slash podcast. And I'm also streaming on Twitch. I'm streaming video games semi-regularly. You can find me at twitch.tv slash NaughtyDoc541. That's N-A-U-G-H-T-Y-D-O-C. And again, we're going to be at Gen Con this weekend. So come say hi if you're there. I'm at Pandasaurus teaching people how to play Rarin, right? I'll be at Steep Games. I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'll be there, though. We'll be around. We'll be doing things. So hit us up. I'm excited. All right. Well, that's all, folks. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Also, we got a pig. Bye. Bye.